he just said to me over lunch, he's one of the rare doctors who's also like a business person. That's an unusual mix. And he said to me, at what point are you going to stop making all this money for all these multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar corporations and give yourself like, you know, a bigger piece of the pie and make it for yourself? And I was like, do you really think people are going to would pay me? Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Yeah, before we get started today, my girlfriend, Lori Harder, founder of Lightning, is going to jump in quickly. I'm so excited. I am an investor in this company, 100% female-only invested company. I'm beyond excited to have Lori here today. And you guys know the holidays are here right now. And Lori is the queen of talking about all things tips for thriving business, family relationships, all the things. Lori, thanks for being here, girl. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So thriving during the holidays, how do we do this? I know Light Pink has come out with a holiday guide and there's so many good tips in there. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit about the holiday guide and what we can find in the guide on how to thrive, like in our relationships, in our business, all the things. I know you talked about it and there's so many amazing like little discounts and giveaways in the guide. You guys should definitely check it out. The link will be in the bio, but Lori, tips for thriving during the holidays. Tips for thriving during the holidays. Oh my gosh. There is a quote by Ram Das that says, if you think you're enlightened, go home for the holidays for a week. It's, <laughs> I think that is the best. It just sums it up so perfectly. I, I think going home for the holidays is, you know, we have so many uh, just maybe past traditions that we are, we are following and we've never questioned, right? It's just kind of like, this is what we do and you've never changed it up. And in order to create holidays that everybody loves, you kind of have to take inventory on what's working for you and what's not working for you. So a few years back, Chris and my husband and I, and we decided that, that the way that we were doing holidays was actually making us feel worse. It was more stressful buying all of these gifts for every single person running around doing things that we didn't even know why we were doing them. And a lot of traditions that we really didn't love and, and, you know, overeating, over drinking too much time spent just sitting around staring at each other. We're like, how do we change this? So we took inventory first, what works, what doesn't work. And then we created new traditions around them. And not everybody's going to be happy about these, but what you can do is you can take these new ideas and you can essentially sell them to the people in your family. Like, Hey, do we all really like this? And what we found when we said that, like, do we actually like what we're doing and can we create some new things that maybe we all enjoy together? Um, so what we did is we sat down and we put together, you know, some new traditions that we would love. And one of them was not buying so many gifts 
for everyone in the family. Oh my gosh, I love this tradition. Yes, hallelujah. Because most people do it just to check it off the list, right? And then most people like, take that thing you got and they chuck it in their closet or give it away because they didn't want it anyway. And it's yes. so, you, you spend so many weeks or, or maybe you were last minute like me and it's the worst couple days leading up to Christmas of your life buying random crap that you have no idea if they want or not. So we said, okay, here's the deal. Do we all really even like these gifts? And does this stress you out? And the resounding answer was yes. Nobody wanted to be buying all of these gifts for everyone. We, you know, we don't have a lot of kids in our family. So it was like, if you have kids, of course, that's going to look a little bit different. But for the adults, can you agree? Like, maybe we all buy one gift and we do an exchange when we get together or we draw a name from a hat, uh, you know, or a virtual drawing list. And you buy that one gift for that one person. This has rocked our world and changed our life. I can't even tell you. The stress is gone. I can order the one gift and then I'm ready and I just enjoy it more. And you make it more of a, it becomes more of a special moment where everyone goes around and opens one gift instead of just a night of just opening randomness and having to pretend you like it, right? You can buy one thoughtful gift, <laughs> you have to buy one thoughtful gift and then it just spares everyone in their pocketbook and it makes it so much more fun and makes it so much more about the time that you have spent together. So that's the next thing. We're like, okay, well, if we're going to change the gift thing, why don't we create a tradition around something that makes this time more meaningful? So something that we started doing is we either buy um, an ornament or a coffee mug or something that we can write on or a journal or even just a piece of paper. And what we do is we put the person's name on the ornament. Let's just use the ornament, for example. And we'll all sit around the table we have some cocktails, we put the person's name on the ornament and we pass our ornament to the right. And you write a word that you love about that person or you write something on there that you love about that person. And then you pass the ornament to the right again. And when you're all done and you get your ornament back, then what we do is we go around and we talk about it. And, you know, we have each person maybe say like, hey, I chose that. Like, why did you choose that word? So this can be lengthy or it can be really short. So it's either like we it's, it's the most beautiful thing because we find that we end up getting poured into by the end of it, like what your family loves about you, which we should be hearing more often than not. Right. So now everybody's warm and fuzzy and we actually still love each other. And we have this little ornament that you go put on the tree as like a very special memory. So it's less about the gifts, more about, you know, maybe what your favorite memory is or your favorite thing about each person at that table is. So it makes you feel really good. Another way to thrive. I love that. It's it's the best. Like if it it's seriously so good. Yeah, and it's so. Did you fun. write that in the holiday guide? You should. I think that one is in the holiday guide. We took some from some other thriving tips that I've written, so I believe that it is. Um, and then scheduling workouts with friends. This is a huge one for me. It's a way to stay accountable. Um, and just making sure that through the holidays, it's a beautiful way to see your friends. So instead of you know going for drinks like everybody wants to do, it's like you know what, let's get our workouts in together and then you can go off you know, your separate ways and, and see all the family that we all need to see this time of year. And just really setting that holiday budget, like being aware of what you want to spend so that you don't you know, blow everything and feel terrible come January 1. Just being really aware and conscious of every decision that you're, you're making and planning for that. Like start planning for that now because it's so easy to not be intentional and let this time of year just run your life. I love that so much. Well, Lori, thank you so much. I know that right now the light pink holiday guide is still out. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And you guys, the holiday guide, Lori is going to tell you about it. I have it. It's amazing. And um, light pink will be coming out next year. I'm so excited. 
So excited. It's so damn good, you guys. And the link to the holiday guide is in the show notes. You can message me on Instagram. You can message Lori. It is in the highlights in my social media on the podcast and my personal. So Lori, tell us just quickly, give us a recap. I have it, but you created it. So tell us about it. Oh man. I mean, if you want to take supporting women to the next level, this is the way to do it. It is supporting shopping, small businesses, supporting female owned businesses. We have so many links to our favorite, most like beautiful trending products, all the things I'll be wearing and using this holiday season, all the gifts I'll be buying my very best girlfriends. Um, it is what to wear wellness and beauty top picks, uh, conversation starters for those awkward moments at any parties or even with family. These are going to be questions that are going to take you deeper and really make it more about, you know, the connection rather than the gifts or the food, right? It's like, you can actually just be present and really get to know your family even better. Um, cocktail recipes, uh, free custom, uh, light pink holiday preset. So if you're somebody who's not very tech savvy, but you just want your pictures to look amazing, you can put one filter on them. It pops everything. It's so much fun to have for your memories. And again, you get those really exclusive discounts um, that you cannot get anywhere else. So we want to make your shopping fun. We want to make it easy. We want you to pour a glass of rosé or sparkling water and sit down and get all of your shopping done and save you money and time. Yay. Oh, thank you, Lori, so much. You guys, I hope you implement those strategies this holiday season. And now on to the podcast. Awesome. Hey, y'all, welcome back to the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. Today, my guest is Tiffany Carter. If you do not follow her on Instagram, I want you to pick up your phone right now. Project me with Tiffany. She is no bullshit. You guys are going to love her. She and I were on the same track today. We talked all about the fact that there is no shortcuts to success. We talked about all of the things that we've been through together. And she is a multimillionaire, you guys, with multiple streams of income. She is a no bullshit, no nonsense girl. And I know you guys are going to love today's podcast because I absolutely loved recording it. Y'all, I'm super excited for my guest today. Tiffany Carter is on the show today. And how I kind of started following Tiffany was she and I are both investors in Lori Harder's Light Pink Company. And she was on one of the calls. I wasn't actually on the call. I watched the recording. And as soon as I was done watching the recording, I sent her a DM and I was like, oh my gosh, hi, I don't really know you. I know you probably get 800 million DMs, but I watched you on Lori's call today and I just wanted to pop in and say hello because I totally dig what you did. So, and then it turned into like this podcast today and I'm super excited. Thanks for being here. This is exactly why you've got to put yourself in the, so to speak, rooms, in the arena and the energy of the people that you want to attract in your life there, you know, it's not going to just happen. I'm not going to meet you just by like sitting on, you know, my porch, like sipping tea, right? Like I have to be, if I'm in the game, I'm going to meet other women who are in the game because like attracts like, so it doesn't surprise me. We connected because I can tell already, like our personalities are very, you know, similar, but we wouldn't have met if we both weren't in the game. Right. Girl, I've, I had a podcast. It's probably been one of my best podcasts, like listen, download wise, besides a couple of the big names, but it was talking about paying for your friends. Like I a hundred percent am totally down on paying for my friends, paying for the rooms that I'm in. I am a full proponent of masterminds, retreats, coaching experiences, all the thing. I think it's like one of the best investments you can possibly make because if I wouldn't have invested in my first 
like a uh, live event, which then I met Chris Harder and then I invested in Chris's program and then I became friends with Lori and it's like so on and so on and so on. If I wouldn't have paid for those whole experiences, I wouldn't be sitting here with you today. And my life sure as fuck would not be as good as it is if I didn't pay for those experiences. I like that perspective. I mean, I used to be of more of the mentality of I'm not going to pay to be um, in rooms with people. Like that was more of my, it felt like a sorority fraternity thing. Like I'm not going to, why do I have to pay to do that? But realistically, that was probably in disguise, a self-worth thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that I wasn't aware of that. I was preventing myself from being uncomfortable by being in those rooms. And that, that was my like guys for like, well, I shouldn't have to pay, you know, to, I shouldn't have to pay to be in rooms and circles with people. And those aren't real friends. It sounds, our brains come up with amazing, logical, convincing stuff that makes sense to even other people around you. I mean, I, I know I said that to a lot of people like, absolutely. I wouldn't pay either. That shit's stupid. Right. So they even validated it. But really what I was doing is preventing myself from being uncomfortable as an introvert, you know, being in rooms, not that I'm not worthy of it. It's more of uncomfortable being around all that energy. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I probably did the exact same thing when it came to sororities. I was a girl who, you know, obviously we, you don't know my background and all the things, but, um, I was the girl who said I hated other girls cause girls were mean, but I just didn't like myself. And now I have like so many amazing girlfriends because I actually really, really like myself, but I probably did the exact same thing as a sorority. And it's funny because sororities, like you're paying for your friends in a sorority. My husband's a part of YPO, which is like this global network that he put pays a butt ton to be a part of all. And he's quote unquote paying for his friends as well. And I'm, I think it's literally the best investment you could ever do, but it, but you're absolutely right. I think a lot of people think, well, I'm not going to be a part of that, but like, why wouldn't you be like, my life is so much better because of it. Yeah. And it's more of looking at it. Like you're paying to be in the rooms. Like I use a lot of bad analogies guys. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, Not like terrible. Sometimes I hit it. And other times you're like, wow, this chick's really out there. So I only fly business or first class. Mm -hmm. Now, some people upon initially hearing that, because I started saying that a long time ago, not like recently. And so even before I had just, you know, a crap ton of money and you can hear that and go, oh my God, like, who does she think she is? Da, 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 da. And the reason is, is that mentality of the people in business and first class, I'm basically paying to be surrounded by people who also believe they deserve to be in business in first class or are savvy enough to work the point system, which I'm a points whore, by the way. Like I never oh, fucking girl. pay. Get I never pay. Credit cards. Rarely do I pay unless it makes sense for my points or my status. That's a, That should be an episode in of itself. But I rarely ever pay to be up there. So it says a lot to me about people who are up there. I have gotten for my other company, I mean, billion, multi-billion dollar companies that sat next to the president, vice presidents, director of marketing, gotten major six-figure speaking gigs, all from putting myself in the front of the plane. I don't think that's much different than like the masterminds you're talking about. Girl, it's exactly the same thing. I have the exact same rule. I only actually implemented that rule a few years ago because my, my husband was a part of it. So when I used to play professional golf, a lot of my clients 
flew me business class. And so, you know, it was being paid for or whatever. And then the first few times that my husband flew business class, he's like, this is ridiculous. This is exactly where we need to be flying all the time is because you're around a certain group of people. Same thing with hotels. It's amazing if you want, like you can, and I am like so bad about that. Like I will only fly business class. I'm totally with you. But like, I have like, I'm like, oh, whatever. I'll just stay at the Hilton. My husband's like, fuck no, we're staying at the best hotel in the downtown because those are the people that you want to be surrounded with. Same reason why I'm a member of all the country clubs that I'm a member with, because those are the people that they think a certain way. And a lot of people could be listening to this show and thinking, oh my God, these two snotty bitches. But let me tell you, I didn't come from this, but I will tell you 110% being around these type of people has elevated the way I think and how I make money. Yeah. And it's also, it's inspiring. You're putting yourself in the energy of abundance. Now I started out making $17,000 a year and I put how I put myself in those abundant surroundings around more abundant, success-minded people is I would go to the four seasons and get a coffee and sit at the bar and like journal. I mean, Sometimes I would just get like a hot, like the cheapest thing you can get is like a hot water. And they don't know. It's not embarrassing because they don't know that you're not staying there. They have no idea who the hell you are. Have you, Jesse Itzler did the exact same thing. He's told us like in a speaking engagement, he did the exact same thing. He was at like the, like what's the Wilshire Beverly or whatever it is in downtown Beverly Hills. He used to order a salad and sit in the bar all damn day so he can be around those people. There's always a way to yes. Yeah. I mean, that's funny. Well, the salad there's probably, I couldn't have afforded the salad. It's like a $36 <laughs> Waldorf salad. It's delicious. And, but it's no, that's, that's not, that wouldn't have happened for me, but that's how I did it when I didn't have money. Um, I might not have been able to have even had the points to have been in business or first class, but maybe I would walk the neighborhoods. You know, when I was a newscaster and I was broke as a joke, I would go and run in the affluent neighborhoods, just to be around like the houses and the landscaping. And instead of going, you know, oh, the the must be nice. Those people got, you know, are lucky and have that resentment around abundance. I would, I would play game. This is probably an only child syndrome, but I would play games like which house, which house would I pick if I had to pick one? That's a fun game, right? Like, Um, do I want a two-story house, a one-story house, which street would I want to live on? And it put me in the mentality of it's possible for me. So even little tricks like that right now, I'm sitting at a multi-million dollar beachfront house in Manhattan beach, California, one of the most expensive beaches in, in the entire world to live on. And the next door neighbor is late thirties. He just bought the house for $7 million and he's going to be a podcast guest. He, you know, he's right. Like he's in, he's in tech. He built something, he sold it. He's, but it's not, he's down to earth. He's cool. Like people have real money dress like they're homeless. Like you, (laughs) right. Like that's where I'm like, oh, I'm going to vibe this guy. Cause he's like, he's worn the same thing three days in a row. And I'm out like on the balcony, like having a coffee in my robe, like zero fucks, but I wouldn't have met him otherwise. Totally. I totally agree. I mean, I, I, I say all the time that I feel like I'm so blessed that I was in the golf industry beforehand. So like I used to play golf companies used to hire me to play golf with executives. I called myself a human connection specialist. Basically 
I did three things kind of okay. Averagely, I looked a certain way. I played golf a certain way and I communicated a certain way. And that trifecta allowed me to get paid really great money to go play with executives because boys, they just don't talk. And so if I came and connected, talk, connected them on the golf course, I mean, a conversation could be a billion dollar contract or a hundred million dollar contract or whatever it is. And so it was like taking your clients to a football game or, you know, whatever it is, except for I played golf on I played golf with them and they just thought it was like the greatest fucking thing since sliced bread. It was such a great business, you know, for myself at the time, I, I loved it. But I will tell you, being around very successful people from a very young age has totally dramatically changed how I show up in my life and even in my coaching. I mean, I, I have such amazing connections in my life and I'm not kind of thrown off by the bullshit, which we're definitely going to talk about today. The bullshit of the online space. I'm like, please, 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 please. <laughs> I, I promise you, you think that's a lot of money. Trust me, I have flown in jets that are like, you know, you'll, yeah. But anyway, all of that to be said, I totally agree with what you're saying. A lot, oftentimes the people that I connected with, I'm like, wow, you're worth what? And like, you've got a hole in your shirt. <laughs> so I totally agree. <laughs> That's when you know someone has real money. <laughs> exactly. Where they're like, I don't care. Um, so we jumped right into it and you never even introduced yourself. Tiffany, who the hell are you and why the hell are you here today? <laughs> right into it. People are like, who is this fucking chick and why is she in Manhattan Beach? What does she do? I ask myself who I am uh, quite often. Um, so I started my career, you guys, as a as a TV newscaster. Um, uh, you only make money in that, really, if you make it to network. Um, I clearly love to talk, right? I like to communicate. I am so inquisitive. I am fascinated by people, as you are. Obviously, you wouldn't have a podcast, right? You like asking questions. And you just, there wasn't enough money money in it for me. And then I saw all of, a lot of my friends get into pharmaceutical sales and they got a company car and they're being flown places and they got their dry cleaning paid for. And I was like over here eating top ramen. So I'm like, what in the hell's going on? This sounds fascinating. So I made a crazy wild decision to leave. Like I had the CBS morning, you know, morning show gig, the coveted gig in Washington, four hours of live TV. Like most people would dream of that. I, and I loved what I did. Don't get me wrong. But I knew that if I really wanted to make more of a difference, more of an impact and have, you know, unapologetically the lifestyle that I really wanted, it wasn't going to, there was, it wasn't going to happen in news because it's more like acting, right? Like I had an agent, the agent wanted me to change my middle name to my last name. So I sounded more ethnic, you know, it's all that bullshit. And I was like, okay. So I got into corporate pharma, climbed the ladder, kept hitting the glass ceiling, making millions and millions and millions of dollars for companies. And I just, it's a, it's still an old boys club, which you're familiar with the old boys club, given you were golfing with a lot of those executives, right? It's like, there's just a glass ceiling. It's just how it is. It's a little better today, not much. And one of my top clients is a very world well-known dermatologist. And he was a friend of mine as well. He just said to me over lunch, she's one of the rare doctors who's also like a business person. That's an unusual mix. And he said to me, at what point are you going to stop making all this money for all these multi-billion dollar, trillion dollar corporations and give yourself like, you know, a bigger piece of the pie and make it for yourself. And I was like, 
do you really think people are going to, would pay me? And he was like, well, there's one way to find out. <laughs> and so what I was doing, so you guys know, cause it'll get your, it'll get your wheels turning. If you're thinking of, you know, shifting out of corporate or starting another company or whatever it is, I, what I was doing already for free to build further rapport with that clientele, because, you know, building rapport, they're going to see, they're going to write more prescriptions, blah, blah, blah. Building that rapport, I was doing marketing, digital marketing plans to get them more highly qualified patients into their practices, that kind of thing. Um, and it was a lot of work, but I loved doing it and they really appreciated it. No one else was doing it and it was paying off for me, but it was paying off at a micro fraction of what I could have gotten. So then I just went to those people who I was already doing it for, who were like appreciative, who saw the benefit from it. And I said, well, you know, now I'm, I mean, I was terrified, but I was like, well, now I'm like going to charge for it. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, we were, they're, they're, everyone's reaction was, well, we were kind of wondering at what, you know, we almost felt guilty. Like at what point, you know, were you going to start charging for it? And they all, they all said, yes. They all said yes. And I'm not trying to make it sound like it's all easy. You have to remember I had years of, you know, cultivating these relationships. So they all said yes. So that's where my first company about 14 years. I am in the pharmaceutical medical health supplement niche. Um, it's a multi seven figure business where we do digital marketing. It's in a very highly regulated space. Obviously, there's a lot of things you can and cannot say. Mm -hmm. And there's almost no one who specializes in that. So I found a hole. I filled it. But then four years ago, I was like, I have got to follow like my true passion. I had the idea for Project Me with Tiffany Carter, the podcast, the brand, the coaching, all of that for 10 years before I started it. The logo, the niche. And that's why I understand self-doubt, our excuses, because I had all the money to start the business. I had the proof that I knew what the hell I was doing or or at least somehow think I know what I'm doing. We never really know what the hell we're doing, Amen. right? I had resources, I had things, and I still kept going, who's going to listen to me? I don't look like the bobbleheads that are out there, Polly the influencer, you know, with the ethnically ambiguous tan, who's very, you know, skinny and like goes to Bali and like injects frog serum. You know, I'm not that person. So maybe people won't listen to me. Cause that's what I kept seeing out there. Or I would see like Tony Robbins or like a Zig Ziglar who've been around a long time. Right. It's like, I didn't even compare myself to those people. So because I didn't see it, I was like, who's listening to me. And isn't that narcissistic? I'm going to have a podcast. I'm going to talk. People are going to listen to me. Like, do I think I'm Oprah or something? And it prevented me from starting for 10 years. You guys, time goes by really fast. It's wild. And finally, I, you know, like most things I had to be miserable enough and uncomfortable enough. I had a major health crisis and that woke me up where it's like, I would regret not going for this. I mean, I could die. You know, I had to have that for me. I'm stubborn. I had to have that wake up call. I could die and, or I could not have the capacity to do it. And I would regret it. And there, there is no worse feeling than regret living with that. And so that's what made me finally do it. And I was terrified. And here I'm a professionally trained broadcaster, absolutely terrified to start a podcast. Why? Because it's under my brand. 
it's Tiffany Carter, right? It's easy to talk about stuff when it's someone, another company, or you're an employee of a company, or you're doing B2B sales. It's very different when you're the personal brand. It's scary and vulnerable. Yeah, girl. Vulnerability is so key in order to have a lot of success. I feel like that's one of my biggest strengths, but I will say I like what you said is bang on. How many people do you know right here today who have like, they built the website, <laughs> they have like the product, they've done all the things, but they're not actually launching it. And I, I like, I always say like my whole entire brand is like, just that it's your turn and like confidence and success. Like I believe confidence is the number one key. If you do not have the confidence to step into whatever it is that you're going to do, you are going to struggle. You could have the most beautiful website. You could have literally the best thing in the world to talk about on the podcast. But if you don't have the confidence to show up every single solitary day and do it, you really honestly have nothing. And so many people like skip that part. They feel like they need like the perfect brand, the perfect website, the perfect strategy to begin with. But really, the, I think the thing that they need more often than not is 100% the confidence in themselves to actually do the thing when it gets really fucking hard. Yeah, because I said all the lies too. Oh, I need to get the special iMac computer. I need a logo. But that was just fear in disguise. Mm -hmm. For me to just continue to delay starting it. I can't tell you how many people that I've coached who have like an amazing book, they're amazing writers, they have an amazing course, they have an amazing accounting firm, whatever it is, but because their marketing sucks. And like you said, they don't have that grounded confidence or they don't, they don't know how to really embrace that. They're not making money. Then conversely. I know people who have crap, you know, crap websites, right? Where their products aren't great. A lot of you guys have bought those products. I just bought a ring. I just bought a damn ring off, off Inst- an Instagram. Like app. a regular ring? Like, like a ring. That? Like, right. They, they did amazing targeting. It like was amazing jewelry. targeting. Right. Like a gold, like a okay, gold plated, yeah. whatever yeah, yeah. ring. And it had like, it had never settle on it. And I was well, like, I need that ring. It was like a great emotional ploy. I was like, I need that ring. It's going to, it's like having a tattoo on your finger. It's going to remind me. And I, and I bought, it was like $38 with shipping. You know, that shit costs like five to make. Right. But I still was determined to get it. And my, you know, it turned my finger green within like a day. But so there's an example of a crap product, but brilliant marketing. Now, will I ever buy from them again? No. So I don't suggest that tactic. But the point is, is that you don't have that marketing, that clear marketing strategy, that confidence behind it. I don't care how, what you have that you're selling. I don't care how talented you are. It won't, it won't sell. Yeah, definitely not for the long run. That's for sure. Especially once you, now you bought it and it's shit. And that's a product, you know, that's a little different than like a person. I think oftentimes you'll probably run into it and tell me if I'm wrong, but like so many people that you probably work with, like, or selling themselves in some regard. And that is a hundred percent like it. If you are not showing up every single day consistently and you're not playing the long run and you're not willing to do the hard things and you're not willing to do any of those things, you are going to have very short-term success, if any success. Like I think one of the things that you and I wanted to kind of jam on today that I know you've talked about a lot lately and I, I get so 
kind of heated up about it as well is, you know, like this whole like short term success thing, like where people are like, Hey, six weeks to six figures or six, six weeks to six months or all of the fucking quick fix people that think that like success is going to be this overnight thing. And I think we live in this society right now where everyone believes that everyone is fucking crushing it. But what they didn't see was they didn't see you and your career for the last however many years it took you in the news industry and then in the pharma industry and the connections that you made and all the things. It's same thing for myself. I mean, I could not be anywhere near where I am today if I wasn't got my ass kicked for 15 years doing the thing that I was probably not supposed to be doing, but it gave me a ton of expertise for today. Mm, yeah, I really, that's where the, I saw the hole in the coaching market. So I'm thankful it exists. Yeah, because that that's where you find the hole in whatever industry you're in. There's a hole in every industry, no matter how saturated. I want you to look at the hole in your industry. You look at what pisses you off, what irritates you, what myths are being you know put out there that are bullshit. What frustrates you? What what piece of the story are they not including? So that's the hole I saw in the coaching market that I was equipped and able to fill because my personality is all about integrity and no bullshit and no fluff. And why it pissed me off, this whole thing of like, oh, I mean, all these reels and TikToks going around, how to like go viral on TikTok and how to get 100,000 Instagram followers. And I'll be like, you just make reels. It's like, are you high? This shit is not. I mean, there's always room for an anomaly, right? Totally. Just like when you see disclaimers on weight loss pills and programs and the super fine print, there's always, it's like 0 0.05, right? There's always that one person, right? That it happened to work for. And then they push, they push that out. But what upset me about it is people will buy these things, whether it's courses or they, or even a mastermind. Um, I have a lot of people that we're not in good masterminds. Um, they've gone to uh, seminars, all sorts of shit. And then they are so upset that in the two weeks, in the 30 days, in the three months, that they aren't making money. And instead of them going, maybe it was like this program wasn't right for me. Maybe this program overpromised. They internalize it. Well, this person can do it. I can't, it must be me. I don't have that thing. I'm not skinny enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not entertaining enough. I'm not, you know, edgy enough. I don't have enough credentials. Um, that's why it's not working for me. And then they quit on their dreams and that's why it pisses me off. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I think one of the best things that I um, believe in and I've heard before, and obviously it's not my quote, but I heard it a long time ago, is never make anything about you. The minute you can take yourself out of it, it makes it a lot easier. So like perhaps like you're believing like, oh, I'm not skinny enough or I'm not whatever enough. It allows you not to quit on the thing that you're doing. Like, so for myself, you know, if I'm launching something or whatever, and I know for a fact that the program works because I've been doing it for five years and I've seen all the success stories, but this one time it wasn't, it wasn't filling as fast as I thought it was whatever. So all I tell myself, okay, well, it's, like, I'm not making this about me. Like, I'm not making that this is like my fault or there's something wrong with me or it's not working. I always just then figure out how can I make it a yes for someone else? What else can I do? What 
objection can I overcome? How else can I work harder? But not making it about yourself. Because I think oftentimes when you make it about yourself, that's when you get so many emotions in it and you and you quit, right? Like this podcast could go to shit. And I could like say, oh my God, I'm the worst podcaster in the whole entire world. I'm never going to do that again. She's never going to talk to me again. Or I could just go, you know what? It was one bad day. I'm not going to make it about, I'm not going to like blame myself for this. And I'm going to keep going. And I think for me and, you know, people that I've worked with, I feel like that makes it makes you be able to continue for the long game. Would I don't know if that makes sense, but I think that like when you take yourself out of it and not make it about you, I think it makes it a lot easier to continue. Yeah, and it's and it's also but there is a part that you have to own as well. Totally. There's and the well, yeah, the part the part you have to own when you sign up for something. There's a reason why the get rich quick, the get skinny fast works. And it's a multi, multi, multi trillion dollar industry. It works because it appeals to our egos. It appeals to us wanting as humans the path of least resistance. So you do have to own the part of asking yourself, um, did you kind of make this mastermind like the white horse? Like I'm going to pay this money and miraculously I'm going to get all the connections and my business is going to blow it up. Did you buy into something that really sounded too good to be true of, you know, doing this, you know, $30 course and you're going to get to 10,000 followers. What part of that did you kind of buy into? I'm not saying it's all on you. You know, it's, there's a lot of um, marketers not telling the full story, of course, but there's a part of you that wanted to believe that there was an easier, faster, less painful, less tedious way to get to success. And it's just not fucking true. No, exactly. Have you ever heard the, like the phrase, like do the hard thing now for the easy thing in the future? Ooh, I like that. But I agree with that. 110% do the hard things. Now my husband and I's mantra, I was climbing Kilimanjaro a few years ago and I was supposed to stay on the summit. Like, like the, you're only allowed like a couple people can stay in the summit because it's like so cold and so bad of oxygen and all the things. And I was, it was the night before the summit. And I called my husband and I was like, what should I do? And he's like, as long as you're healthy and as long as your blood oxygen levels are okay, he said, we do hard things. And so in that moment, it was like, we do hard things. Like we, like our motto to each other is like, we're always willing to do hard things because hard things now make it easier in the long run. So every time you're thinking about doing something, are you always willing to do the hard thing? Are you always willing to play the long game? Are you always willing to take, you know, the, the, in the moment, it may seem like it's like, oh, I really wish I could sleep in today, but like, I'm not ever fucking motivated to wake up at between four and five every morning, but I'm 100%. I know for a fact, I'm the, playing the long game there where I'm like in five years from now, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, whatever, I will be so much happier that I did the hard thing in the moment for the easy road in the future. Mm, I love that. It's kind of like instant gratification versus like long-term satisfaction. I mean, that's true. It's like, you're not going to get to where you want to go by having one magical program or even one magical coach. It's, it's a cumulative effect of day after day. Like you said, like doing the hard things, doing the tedious things that doesn't mean you have to like burn yourself into the ground or be miserable doing it. You know, I don't want that for you, but like, is there a lot of unsexy stuff that's involved in order to grow a successful business? Yes. A lot, a lot more of it's unsexy than it is sexy, but, a, but most people out there, especially online are selling you the sexy because it works and you end up buying. 
but you buy one time, just like I bought that damn never said. <laughs> I should have brought the ring for to show you. The green the dad, ring. Yeah. The never subtle ring that took eight weeks to get to me. Right. Like, but I paid expedited shipping. Um, I need to hire their Facebook ad person, but that it's like buying that ring. Right. It's like, you're, you're trying to buy that. You're trying to get that thing. That's going to make it happen easy and fast. And that ends up being the longer, more expensive way. I've fallen for stuff too. Oh, I've bought very expensive programs before that um, absolutely I didn't learn shit. I mean, I've 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 fallen for it before. It's, it's that old adage my dad would always say: "If it sounds too good to be true, it is." Have you but, always been able to take something good from it, though? Like, even I have hired like my very first one-on-one coach. It was like. 18,000 bucks for like 90 days. And I'll tell you, that was probably the worst coaching experience I've had, but I do believe I always can take something from, from anything. Like I learned a lot of not what to do. I learned a lot of how to show up. I learned, you know, there was definitely some good things about it as well, but it was definitely not what was prescribed. Do you not think that though, everything that you do, you can take something from? Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with me. Uh, I always come back to what was my mindset when I was in this? Why did I attract this person? Not to shame myself, more of like inquisitive, right? Like curiosity. Why did I attract this? Why was I so attracted to this energy, this product, this program, this thing? You know, I lost almost everything I had at 30. I had a million in the bank and almost all of it was gone because I didn't trust my gut instinct with a financial person. Right. So I had to really take a look at my role in it. We all have a role in it. And usually my role is that I was in the fantasy of um, I was buying into the illusion of like of the what what I thought it could be. It was fantasy thinking versus, you know, if we're just using the analogy of um, investments. Right. Anyone who tells you you're going to regularly get a 10 percent return, you run. <laughs> that's wild. That's pure. It's bullshit. It's not possible. Period. I don't care if it's Warren Buffett. It's it's not possible. And people be taking loans out of the bank. Yeah. To give that, if I'm going to get a 10% return, I'll give you all my money. Right. <laughs> but I'm not like beating on myself, but I bought into that. And this is where like Ponzi schemes happen. But I mean, I bought into that because it just made so so much sense. It sounded so good. They sold me on the possibility and and what could happen and all the passive income and all of that. So I had to take responsibility for that side. I was trying to avoid doing the work. Mm. We're humans. I don't, I'm lazy. I'm the world's laziest business coach. It doesn't mean I don't show up for my people, but I love luxuriating. Like if I'm, if I don't have three coaches on me and employees, I would stare at a wall all day. Like that's just my personality. So I always find an easier way but not an easier way that has a big cost. My easier way might seem hard to a lot of people and unsexy, which online, right? And in your inbox, you're getting a lot of stuff that sounds really, really easy. Try and try really hard to take a moment and pause before you buy into that. Hey, ladies, listen up. I wanted to let you know that Decide It's Your Turn Mastermind is now open for enrollment. I've been doing this mastermind for over four years now, and women are walking away 
more confident, more in their purpose, more in alignment to do the thing that they are absolutely put on this planet to do. You don't have to have a business, but if you do, I guarantee you'll walk away more confident to make those sales. If you need more confidence to live a life that you're absolutely obsessed with, you will walk away more in alignment than ever before. This mastermind includes one-on-one coaching with me. This is what sets it apart. My job is to make sure I hold you accountable to living a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. And I know this mastermind is the thing to do it. Connect with me on Instagram at bchristina. Check the show notes, send me an email. Seats are filling up fast. One-on-one coaching is included in this four-month mastermind. I'd love to have you there and I can't wait. What do you think in your opinion? Like what is what is the both and to taking the easy and still putting in the work and having fun in what you're doing, but also it not being like just kicked back on the beach, just waiting for this income to come in. Because I think that like right now we have just two, you know, I always believe that the truth is somewhere in the middle. So like if you're way over here on this pendulum, like kick back, everything's a breeze, super simple too. This is the worst grind ever. And you have to like fight and scratch and claw and all the things. Like, I think I'm probably more of the clawing side than I am like the woo-woo goddess person. But like where, I, I think always the truth is in the middle with everything. So like to you, what is your balance in what you're doing to achieve success? Like, you know, it's not obviously no shortcuts, but like what is the balance that you feel that you need in order to be as successful as you are? I look at, what is going to make it easier? I will ask myself, how can I execute this in an easier way with less of my time? How can I execute this by having more fun? So let's use something we can all relate to taxes, right? When you own a business, you're like, oh, you're always paying taxes. It's insane, yeah. right? So, you know, there's more taxes coming up. And yeah, I have, you know, a high level CPA firm, they do a lot but I still have to do shit. I have to sign off on it. Like, that's what I mean by unsexy stuff. I have to sign off on my invoicing on, you know, payments receivable. I have to look at all that. That's not exactly fun. So I'll ask myself, how, how can I make this more fun? So I'll actually stop procrastinating and resisting and I do it. So maybe it's that I put on really bad reality TV while I'm doing it. Maybe I have a glass of wine, not the bottle. I don't recommend the whole (laughs) bottle. I've done that though. Um, But like maybe a glass of wine and I put on great music. I've taken all my, all my stuff, my laptop, all my documents. I've taken them outside just to do it like in the sun right? Like how can I make this more, more fun where at least gives kind of an energy where it's a little easier. Um, usually it involves me hiring people and not trying to do it all myself. And I, and I definitely fall into that tendency of doing it myself. It's like deeply seated programming. If you don't do it yourself, you know, it's not going to get done right. And, and there is some truth to that. No, one's going to care about your business as much as you. And I don't have any built-in sweat equity. I don't have a husband working on my business. I don't have a sister. I'm an only child. It's just me. But I have, I've employed people where could I do some of their jobs myself? In fact, not being rude, but are there some of their jobs? Could I do better? And I have a way more experience. Yes, but it makes it easier. It happens faster. It frees up my energy. So I calculate what is the cost of me grinding it out versus what is the cost of me paying someone to do it and me not, you know, having to deal with it. So I'm always weighing that, but I would say being willing 
to invest, whether it's in coaches, whether it's in contractors, whatever it is, it's like, you're really, what are you really paying for? It's not just for the expertise. It's not just for the website. You're paying sometimes for your sanity. You're paying to free up your energy and your time. And that's how I make things easier. That's how I get shortcuts. Like I recently just hired um, another very high level business coach who's very experienced in one area that I'm not and monetizing something that I'm not. It's a special project I'm working on. So I asked myself the question, right? I could, could I figure it out? Yeah. Most people listening, you were scrappy. We, yeah, we could figure it out. Fast our, track, though. Right. <laughs> but if I want to fast track it, if I want to make it easier, if I don't want to pull my hair out or my extensions rather, <laughs> if I don't want to do all that, what is a way that I can get a shortcut? The only shortcut truly is not just asking someone because free advice only goes so far. It's paying someone who really has done it, not just saying they've done it, who's really done it, who is, who's you're paying for them to show you exactly how and take the guesswork out. And they've already made the mistakes. So they can tell me, oh, hey, don't, don't list it this way on Amazon because this killed me. Right. Where I could, I would have done it, you know, in this example, I would have done it and I would have lost six months and tons of money. So that one thing she said to me of the mistake to avoid on Amazon for this thing, that was worth the tens of thousands of dollars I'm paying her. That's what I mean by like really having that balance of work and then paying other people to do the work. A hundred percent. And I also think it makes you show up, become accountable. Like you paid her a shit ton of money. My clients pay me. Guess what? They're going to show up. They're going to do the things that I tell them to do because guess what? They want the success and they know that they are going to be asked, Hey, did you do this thing? Hey, get on this call. And every time that payment comes off that credit card, they want to know that they're getting something out of it. I've always said time is the most valuable asset on the planet too. You know, we all think it's money. We all think it's love, all of the things, but really time, like money buys time, like money buys, like literally the time that you're having at the beach right now. I mean, you have had, you have the finances to put yourself in a position where you're renting a beach house right now. That time that you're having there it, to me is like the biggest, greatest asset on the planet. Like there's not enough, there's not any amount of money that anyone could pay me for the time that I have with people that I love, people that I get to enjoy my life with, my husband, my clients, my friends, my family, all the things. And I just think that like we have a responsibility on this planet to truly live out our purpose really well. And when we do that, we earn the money to be able to have the time to enjoy like what we are called to do and just to experience life in general. Um, you know, we've been talking about kind of like the shortcuts to success. There's no shortcuts, but what do you think is like some of the best takeaways for success that you have had over the last few years of your unbelievable success in all of your businesses? I would say the, cause the last four years I've had project me with Tiffany Carter for four years, only monetized it for three and a half and it's a million dollar revenue a year business. And it could be, I want you guys to hear this. It could be already at 3 million, but it's at a million. And this wasn't, this is intentional. This goes to your, I love your point on time. I thousand percent agree with you. And I would never hire you and not follow through because I'd be scared. 
<laughs> I was like, someone who doesn't show up for you, I'd be like, horrified. God, I, but time is the most valuable. <laughs> don't fuck with my time. Like, I was like, I would not. No, I would not avoid time. my homework. No, um, but I could have been at three million revenue, right? And I could be saying, you know, I have X many, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars coming in a month. But I'm, I had to make a choice of how I wanted to build it, right? So many of you are looking for like the fast, right? But fast, fast and frantic leads to burnout. Slow and steady actually builds real businesses. So I was willing to keep it at a pace. And everyone has a different energy level and time level. I don't have kids, Me but, too. I have, but I have a, um, I, I hate saying chronic condition, but I have a invisible illness, let's say right? That my energy is not always dependable, no matter how perfectly I eat or what I do, right? So we all have our thing. Totally. No matter what you guys think on the outside about someone, you know, we all have stuff. I have, my mom looks like she's getting early onset dementia. I have that shit going on. We all have stuff going on, whether people talk about it or not. I tend to talk about all the things. I talk about so, all the right? So all we have that shit shows. Yes. Yeah. For it, girl. So we have stuff going on. I have limited energy. So it's like, I'm still making great money, but do I need to really, now I have a course and now I have a book out and now I'm doing this and now I have a publicist. Could I have been a spaz and done all that? But what was the, what would be the cost? Yes, it would have been at 3 million revenue versus one, but what would be the cost? I would have had no time to luxuriate. I wouldn't have time to be you know, I call it my free brain thinking time. I at least spend 90 minutes a day thinking about nothing. I wouldn't have the time for me to spend on my, on my health. Like what would the cost have been? So I want you to look at that. Like when you're going, God, this person's so much further ahead of me. Oh, they have so much more success or I'm starting so late. How am I going to catch up? No, it's, it's just the right time. And you have to pace it with what works for you and your life and your lifestyle. And for me, this is what works. I'm in it for the long run. I would, a lot of these people, we will not, we will not see a lot of these people in a couple of years. The fact they're, they're, that like your, your best friend, uh, Tracy and I were on a podcast last, uh, last week, where I think we recorded or whatever. And she's like, Girl, the fact that we're both still around after five years obviously means something. Of course we should do this. I'm like, yeah, it's hundred percent the truth. Think about like the, you know, even the people that you've worked with or like masterminds that you've been a part of four or five years ago. How many people in that room can you actually count that are still doing the thing that they said that they want to do? And maybe if it was out of alignment, great. But, you know, a lot of people just kind of quit. <laughs> right. They quit. And because they put, it feels too much. Correct. It's burnt. They burn out. They're not, they're not paying for people, places, and things to help get them that time and energy back. And it's not sustainable. Like, do you want to be a one hit wonder? or Do you want to have a multi-platinum, you know, albums? I want the multi-platinum albums and I want to enjoy my fucking life Amen. in the meantime. And that doesn't mean like, I'm, you know, I have I do that. I think the book is like four, is it four hour work week or is it four day work week? What is it? Four hour. 
four hour, I think. Or something like that. Yeah, that guy. I, I know who you're talking you know, about. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I never remember anything. You guys listen to my podcast. Like, it's a stir- I, I, I botch everything I say. Oh, my God. Like, my clients laugh at me. They're like, Christina, it's not the, the animal in the room. It's the elephant in the room. I just that's exactly. Those I'm are like, the things I don't remember. The thing in the room. You know what I'm talking about? The thing exactly. In the room. I never remember that shit. So I have a four-day work week. Does that, but does that mean that those four days I'm working, I'm working two hours a day? No. Could I show you that in my marketing? Could I just take my highlight reel from every day and be like, I work only four days a week and then show myself like what my beach walk and having chilling and having my coffee in the morning and never talking about what that really looks like behind the scenes and paint that picture. I guarantee you, I would have triple, if not quadruple the sales mm-hmm. because of what we talked about earlier, but that's out of integrity. Alignment and, and integrity is right. It's not, it's, it's bullshit. It's out of integrity. I don't roll like that. And plus it would set you up for failure because then you would go and try my ways and you'd be like, God, it's so much harder for me. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. The truth is for me to work four days a week with two businesses, plus all investments I manage, Plus like, you know, working out, you know, all that shit in there. They're 10 hour days, four days a week, but that's my choice that I want to do the four days a week. Right. But that's 10 hour, that's 10 hour days. And when I'm launching something, then sometimes I do have to work five, six days a week. That's the real truth. Oh, hundred percent. But it's not I, sexy. It's not sexy. It doesn't sell as well. Now the people who do buy my stuff, they're the same people who buy yours. Right. They know it's work. They're willing to do it. Just tell me what the fuck to do. Exactly. And it's a long game strategy, right? And I think one thing too that you you talked about there that I think is really important is like, know what you fucking want. And like, you know, I I had a client the other day I was talking to her. She's like, what? I want to be the number one realtor in Florida. I was like, actually, do you really? And we kind of boiled it down. Like she actually doesn't. Like she really <laughs> truly doesn't. And it's kind of like the same thing for me. I, I, You live in Manhattan Beach in a $7 million like thing. I live in Arkansas, bitch. Like if I make half a million dollars a year, I am fucking rolling. Like I'm dead me? right now. I oh, love girl, you. This is like truth, truth. Like I am like, crushing my life and I don't have to make a million dollars a year to be like my life is amazing I get the weekends with my husband who has a traditional like he owns his own company but like he works 90 hours a week and like you know what I mean so like I am totally okay telling everyone that like guess what I am never going to sacrifice like my Saturday Sundays with my husband like I could I could be making four times the amount of money I, I make but you know what I know exactly what I want in my life I know exactly what brings me joy I know that I am so fucking blessed to sit in a red chair in my office talking to an amazing person in California and I fucking get paid for this like I'm my mind is blown but I work my absolute ass off to get to the position that I'm in right now and I love working with people who are just like okay like are you going to quit? If the answer is absolutely fucking not, I'd rather lose my arm. And this is kind of like my professional golf when I played professional golf. Like I was horrible. Like I wasn't the best by any means, but I worked harder than most people. And I would have literally rather lost my arm than lost. I'm so competitive. And it's just like such a blessing to me because it's the same thing in this, in this job. Like I have 
probably should have been, you know, kicked to the curb a thousand times, but I'll just never quit. And I'm so fucking excited that this is what I get to do on the daily. So I love what you just said is like, show the hard parts too, because more people need to be showing the hard part because then you don't make yourself feel bad when it is fucking hard. Cause it is. Right. Cause I would watch people before I came into this space and they're like having their laptop at the beach. And like, I just travel and I just like mention a few things and I make, you know, millions of dollars every time I mention just this course and like ton, I get tens of thousands of followers and email signups, like just from, you know, posting a few times a week. And I remember going, really? I'm like, that's, it's really that easy. And there was a little part of me who was like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And the truth is, is that it's not that fucking easy. Um, Some people are straight up lying to you. Okay. Just like in any, any position in life, some people are straight up lying. Some people just showing you the pretty parts. Other people are creatively leaving things out um, because it's not as sexy. Like I said, my business would probably be valued at three times, three times for sure of what it is now. If I only showed the sexy stuff, it's our human side. So we have to check ourselves. We have to really check ourselves. Because if you really want it, you don't mind doing the hard work. Mm-hmm. You didn't mind doing the hard work in golf and working harder than others because you really wanted it. But if it wasn't that important to you, I don't think you would have done it because you weren't naturally just talented at it, right? No, I was definitely 100. I'm not ta- naturally talented in anything in life. I just work harder than most people. <laughs> <laughs> it's 100% the truth. I'm really not naturally talented at anything. Maybe like you know, no, nothing. I'm not naturally talented. I just work harder than most people. But I do think that like the further I've gone down this journey and now that I'm so in alignment with what I did, I think for me, it wasn't that I was working hard in golf. I was just so, um, I just felt like it was my only option. You know, I know you don't know this, but like, I kind of like 28, 29 years old, thought my life was pretty much over because I was doing something that like I had the success. I was like, I looked a certain way. I was playing golf. I had what everyone thought was a perfect life. And I was fucking miserable is because I was doing all the shoulds instead of doing the thing that I actually needed to do in life. And I, I think that like once someone actually realizes that like they really are in alignment with what they get to do and they can actually enjoy the process more and enjoy the ups and downs. Like I've got my ass kicked a thousand times and I, in the moment it feels horrible, but looking back, I'm like, wow, I would never take away any of those experiences because they got me where I am today. And I think if you can understand that, even when you're in the shit, like you probably understand this, like there's hard days where you're like, oh my God, I just want to cry and run away and quit and do all the things. And yet since you've been in those positions before you understand that it's just part of it and it doesn't mean anything. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you're, I say to all the time, if you are not having regular monthly meltdowns, then you are not, um, you're not really putting yourself out there as much. You're playing it too safe, or you just aren't really doing what you want to do. You don't care enough because when you really care and you really want something, the emotional charge is so high that I'm greatly concerned if you're not having meltdowns because newsflash, not everything we touch turns to gold. And I know there's a lot of people who make it look like that. But remember, I am behind the scenes of multi-billion and trillion dollar companies. Go take a trip to the 99 cent store. When whatever country you're in, you have a dollar store, 99 cent store, go and see the land of the misfit products. I work with Procter & Gamble. I work with Kraft Foods with Johnson & Johnson. 
they, you will see their products in there, that they had the best of the best marketing team, advertisers. They spent a shit ton of money doing test markets and the bacon flavored Cheez-Its didn't make the damn cut. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the best one, the, the best one that I really would have thought would have worked. You got, do you remember like Nilla wafers? Did your grandma ever yeah, give you those? Girl, I love those. You make banana pudding with those, right? So they created Nabisco as a client of mine. They created Nilla wafer cereal. To me, that's a win. I mean, oh my God, I'd eat that for sure. Right. I mean, I'm like, that is a win. No, Land of Misfit products. It did not, it did not make it, but they had all the best of the best, all the data saying it was a win, did all the right things, hired all the people, and it still was a miss. So not even these big, big, you know, blue chip companies. Not everything they touch turns to gold. So why would it for you? We just have to like remind ourselves. So when I'm feeling like that, like if I have a launch where it's like, I did not hit my mark. And let me tell you, that feels like shit. Mm -hmm. And people don't talk about it. And I'm very open about when oh, my girl. when my launches don't hit it. We're on the same it is hard melt hard meltdowns. Yes. I'm like, this is not my ego doesn't like this. I will go take a trip to the 99 cent store just to remind myself, right? Like just to remind myself, wait a second, these are like brands that have been around some of them a hundred years and they still, they still miss the mark. So why would everything I do perfectly hit the mark? Like it's insanity, but we have to remind our egos because it does suck. Absolutely. It totally sucks. It, it's because I just get so, for me, it's just so much about like the impact that I'm trying to make. And like, I care so much about people. Like I forget this, like my biggest strength is my biggest weakness, like 110%. Like I'm, I care so much about people, which sometimes is my biggest weakness that I care so much about people. Um, you know, that's what therapy's for, but all, totally I've got them all, but all that to be said is like 110%, like you are going to get your ass kicked. You are going to have a hard time, but as long as you can get back up and realize like you're supposed to, like you're on this journey, it's called life. And if you don't quit a hundred percent, you will succeed. Jamie Johnson. I, do you listen to country music? No, I don't. No. But my okay. fiance knows every word to every country song on, on the planet. Okay. So Jamie Johnson and I are really good friends. You're, you're, Fiance so if I tell him Jamie Johnson, he'll know who that is. I have no idea. If he is. doesn't know who that is. He doesn't know country music. Okay. Let me tell you. Jamie okay. Johnson, like number one singles, all the thing. But Jamie was on my podcast. It's the only time he's ever done it. He's a good friend of mine, super introverted, never will do a podcast again. But he said um, on my podcast, he said, because he was a he was literally about to quit before George Strait called him um, to give him his biggest song ever, basically at the time. Um, he said, if quitting is not an option, everything else is. And I think that that's like one of the greatest lines ever is that quitting is not an option. Everything else is. And you will always find a way to yes. When you have that mentality. I love that. I I just texted Mike, by the way, now I want to see his reaction. He'll know. 100%. Um, yeah, I really, I love that because when I, I had to think about it a moment, cause that's like worded in such a way where my brain was like, wait, I have to compute that. But that is the mentality I had even going into creating project me with Tiffany Carter was that, you know, I'm, this is going to, I am going to make this work. Um, I, for me, I'm not competitive in the same way you are. I'm self-competitive. Um, I do not like competing with other people. It, it stresses me out, but I am competitive with myself. So I had to do a negotiation deal with myself because uh, let me tell you, five months in after starting a podcast, you know, the shit's not, you guys, the shit's not free to put out. 
hello, right? So it's not free to put out, costs money, right? You're doing a podcast and I only had 5,000 downloads. And I'm like, here, I'm a professionally trained broadcaster. I'd like to think I'm like somewhat entertaining. Um, oh, and, I've but, listened to a few of right? Those are very fucking fun. <laughs> and I'm like, only 5,000. I'm seeing all these people like, I have 5 million downloads. They're like 21 years old. And I was like, what in the hell? And they like, and their voice grates on me. And I was like, what in the hell am I doing wrong? And so I had to negotiate with myself saying, nope, you've already gone in five months. Okay, let's do it. Let's go all in. I mean, truly all in. Quitting's not an option, right? Like Jamie Johnson said, quitting's not an option for one year. Give one year and then we can reevaluate. Totally. And if it's Thank not you. worth your energy and time, this is how I have like full, I have full conversations out loud with myself. If it's not worth your energy and time at that point, you know, then we can move on. But one year, not three months, you guys, not 60 days, not six weeks, none of that bullshit. One year. And then what happened is with that mentality I had that, hey, one year, right? That kind of mentality, one month after that, everything took off. 110% because then it's no longer an option. Then you keep showing up. like. 100, 110%. I do six months with my clients. I say like for six months, this is like you, I actually make them sign a contract. I say, this is the best decision you will ever make. So everything's deciding it's your turn, right? So this, if you just today, you've decided that this is the best decision you'll ever make. And today we take action from the decision that this is the best decision because action, like people can decide all they want, but if they're not taking any action and, you know, we haven't dove into anything, but I'm, faith is really important to me. So decision, faith, and action are the three things that I think can literally change your life. And yeah, in my personal opinion. If I didn't have constant contact with God, a higher power of my understanding, whether it's God, angels, Have you been AA before? I'm ACA. I'm I'm a, yeah. So adult children of alcoholics. And oh, okay. Al-Anon. I went to Al-Anon for. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. seven years. I'm seven years. Yeah. Oh, so cool. that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So without having that, without having that something's bigger than myself and that God connection, I would have without, I would have, A, I wouldn't be alive. B, I would have already quit Yeah. because when we're in that self-will, it's exhausting Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's not true. Like there was just, I mean, you guys may have seen it or those of you live in California would know we just had, um, an earthquake here in California. Now that's not that unusual. What was unusual is that it was a 4.4 and it was centered in Los Angeles. This was just like this past weekend. I'm not sure when this is airing. So it was like, let's just say it's September-ish. A 4.4 when you're next to the epicenter is very dramatic. So it was like the most dramatic one I felt in a long time. It was like, bam, and then it was done. There is nothing like like an act of God like that to make you go, wow, I am not in charge here. And, and I can, my ego can trick me and think that I'm in charge. I am so far from in charge that it's like laughable. Yeah, girl. I think the pandemic was that for a lot of people too. People who thought that they were quote unquote safe, like I'll play it safe. Yeah. There's no such thing as safe in this world. I think the rug can be pulled out in two seconds. Like, I mean, I I fell and broke my arm. Like I've never broken anything in my life. I'm 40. I'll be 40 next year. And my husband and I were on our gratitude walk. We walk on the weekends every morning at like 630. And I'm like walking and Sundays, Sunday's my favorite day of the week. I'm like Sunday, fun day. I'm so excited. And I just turned and like, I fell and I broke my elbow. Like on your gratitude walk on my gratitude walk at 630 on Sunday morning. And everyone's like, well, how'd you do it? I was like, 
I was walking. I swear to God. I was like, I wish I had a fucking awesome story, but no, I, but I will tell you three weeks later, I was playing golf full time because I like literally manifested the shit. Like my elbow is a hundred percent. Like I am a hundred percent good because I'm like, I will recover so fast. I will be playing golf. And I did all the exercises a thousand times. I didn't even need my therapist. Cause I was like, bitch, watch me. Um, but what a, but what an, but for some reason, God felt you needed that reminder. hundred percent. I needed to slow down for some reason. Like, and it was so funny. One of my male clients that week literally was in the hospital for eight days with a foot infection. Like a, a How like, random is that both of us slowed down for literally, it was like the craziest thing. It was like, God was, and I always like play games with myself and say, like, I was, you know, like maybe I was going to play golf that week and I couldn't play golf and I saved myself from a car accident or something. Like those are the, you know, right. Because you don't know there's a reason you are being reminded that you are not in control and slow your damn roll because you're probably stubborn like me and you keep going, you keep going until like something really gets your attention. Well, we could, you know, we could be on here all damn day, but I will tell you like 110%, like the minute, like I had to realize that like, you know, my body, my physical body was so controlled by my mind. And that's the reason why I dove so hard into like what I am, like why I'm possessed about what I get to do now, because for such a long time I was so sick and it was because of my brain. Like there was really nothing wrong with me, but it was a hundred percent. Like I manifested my pain in my lower back and my stomach and all the things, but uh, like I know for a fact, even now, if I get, do you know, Doc Jen fit? Yes. Jen scare. She's one of my great friends. And like, whenever my back pain came up, she'd always like help me with little things. But as long as I cl- cleared up, like what the actual, you know, mental pain was, it's amazing. My physical pain has always gone away. So I, I totally do believe in the fact that we, we will be slowed down if we do not slow down mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. So I absolutely love today's podcast. We were kind of all over the place. I know so many people are going to take so many things away from it. I always ask a final question. Has, wait, has your fiance messaged you back yet? I'm looking right now. I mean, no, this but it's awesome. Him. I know, but oh my God, I was expecting like a young, hot cowboy. No, I'm no, dying right now. No, like that's him. He looks like a Santa Claus. Yeah, he does. I'm the, that's hysterical. Yeah. His most, his most famous song is in color, but he's written for George Strait and all the people. But anyway, the final question I always ask everyone is this, if, was there ever one decision that you were afraid to make that once you made it, it ended up becoming one of the best decisions ever. And if not, what was the greatest lesson that you learned? Um, Starting project me with Tiffany Carter. Like I said, it took 10 years, terrified terrified and did it anyway. So that was the best decision I've ever made to bet. That was really betting on myself, just the nature of how that, how the business is set up and really just doing it and being willing that it was, it would be okay if it also didn't work. Cause I'm a, as a Virgo Enneagram six, I'm risk adverse. I'm like, not someone who's normally set up to be an entrepreneur, right? This was, this was a big risk for me. And that was also why it took so long, but thank, thank God I did it. And it taught me to, to play a little more risky because I can play it too safe. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. This was such a great conversation. Thanks for you guys for listening. Come say hi to me on Instagram. I was just about to project me and Tiffany. Yeah. Just come say hi to me on Instagram at project me with Tiffany. Um, you can, I mean, you can Google me. I'm in all the, I'm in all the places. If listen to the podcast, 
I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes. All in the show notes. Right. So you guys can, you know, come say hi, listen, take a screenshot of the episode. Let us know you you found us somewhat entertaining. I love to see who's listened. It's so fascinating to me what you guys take out of it. It really is, isn't it? It is so interesting. You guys, thank you so much. Be sure to check out the show notes. Go say hi to Tiffany. Screenshot this. Tell us if you loved it. I appreciate y'all. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment and any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.